Pick 6 podcast immediately after the schedule has been released, the 2018 NFL schedule. We didn't know what anybody that was playing anybody else. So this is all – oh, no, I'm sorry. We actually knew all the opponents. We just didn't know when they would play. I'm Will Brinson. This is the Pick 6 podcast. I am doing some A-plus parenting. I have given a peanut butter-filled Kong to my dog and an iPad to my son. Um, I'm not going to reveal how late it is in the evening, but it's late enough where – if my mother-in-law listened to this podcast, I would get a text in the morning. Joining me on this podcast, longtime contributor, good podcast pal of mine, Ryan Wilson. Ryan, how you doing? Hanging in there. I'm glad to, to join you. Uh, it's uh, 10 o'clock, just so your, your mother-in-law knows how Damn to it, Ryan. get the text out to you. So uh, great parenting. Happy to be here. And first time caller, longtime listener, I believe, Sean Wagner McGuff. What's up, buddy? Thanks for the invite. About time. Sheesh. I've only been doing it for like two weeks. What do you want me to do? Have you on every every day to talk about the Bears? It's not like I do a Bears podcast. Yeah. You got, you have never discussed the Bears on this podcast, and I don't know why you would have me to discuss the Bears. I actually had Tom Fernelli on to discuss the Bears with the sole express purpose of trolling you, a Bears fan. Let's get down. And you mentioned And you mentioned me. Yeah. You get shout-outs to this podcast all the time. All right. Uh, look, we got 30 minutes to do this. Maybe maybe we'll go a little bit long because it's a scheduled podcast. We'll see how that works out. But let's dive into the the NFL schedule. And uh, for those, so just very quick housekeeping. You can subscribe, rate, and review. People have been throwing up a bunch of ratings and a bunch of reviews. So that's I can't express it enough. Really appreciated. The more you do that, the more the bosses like it, and the more it really it, it makes me sort of slink out of this uh, you know lifelong depression I'm dealing with. So I that that's much obliged. Um, for those that are wondering about the schedule coming up, we're actually going to have a show on Saturday, too, because I'm going to break down a R.J. White seven-round mock draft. And then the plan next week is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're going to go all seven days, if at all possible, leading up to and through the draft. So get excited for that. Subscribe. And please tell your friends. If you tell your friends, again, uh, you will help cure my depression issues. Speaking of depressing, there's nothing depressing about a great Thanksgiving day of football, is there, Ryan? I know that you don't like to work. You like to go and eat some gravy with your family, um, turkey, stuffing. What do you think about this year's slate? Because to me, it looks pretty freaking good. Yeah, no, I mean, it's funny you said I don't like to work because I usually end up working on Thanksgiving. Uh, although, as one of the older members uh, of the whole CBS family, I usually work the early game so I can. That's uh, right. Sit back in a lazy boy later. Do, do you day. need me to tell you who's playing on Thanksgiving? I can't if you don't know. Why don't you give the readers uh, and the listeners <laughs> it's, a, uh, a rundown of the three games? Oh, my God. I screwed up the schedule. I could have gone straight to Sean and been like, this is a Bears segue because it's Bears at Lions. Or actually, that's going to be the game on CBS, the early game, uh, followed by Redskins at Cowboys because the Cowboys are always on Thanksgiving. And then the NBC game, that game's on Fox, Redskins, Cowboys, clearly. And then the NBC game at 820 at night is Falcons at Saints. All NFC games, all rivalries. I have very exciting news. My dog is trying to break in upstairs where I'm recording the podcast, so, so nothing can go wrong here. Um, but I, I tend to think, Ryan, that these are – that's three pretty hefty games for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I'll be honest. Uh, I knew the, the Falcons and the Saints were playing late. Uh, I didn't know the other two games. Cowboys, Redskins are sort of a, an annual get-together on Thanksgiving Day. I think I like the late game the most because, you know, ending last year, it w- I think the Falcons 
sort of weren't the team. We didn't know which team they were. They were up and down throughout the year. Uh, the Saints sort of came out of nowhere after being a mediocre team for, for the three previous seasons, I believe. And uh, their defense turned around with, you know, probably one of the best drafts we've seen in the last three or four years. So it'll be interesting to see what these teams look like after the draft, what they address. But, but I think that game, and I know you're, uh, we sort of talked about the Panthers last week and, and where they fit in, and, and they're still in the mix. But I think these are the two teams at the top of the South that we'll be looking at. And uh, maybe this game will give us a preview of, of what to expect in a little January football. Yeah, they play in week three, too. So this is basically the last time for those two teams, if they're ultimately going to be the, the two big contenders for, for the NFC South to get together and, and to play against one another. So, I mean, it could be, look, it could be a de facto division title game. It could be a, a preview of the NFC championship game. And it's a, it's a, it's a big marquee game. It's going to, it's going to be something fun to watch on a scale. And by the way, Ryan tonight drinking a sip of sunshine for the IPA fans out there. He busted out the good stuff. I believe Sean and I are drinking some uh, red vino on this schedule evening. Sean on a scale of, one to ten grumpy, grumpy Jay Cutler faces. How many grumpy Jay Cutler faces do you give the Bears playing on Thanksgiving this year? I actually, I love it. I don't know if you remember, but no, no, no. ten, ten days. grumpy Jay Cutler faces would be very enthusiastic because you love Jay oh, Cutler. It's, it's a fourteen because wow, I don't do anything for Thanksgiving. I don't go home for Thanksgiving. I'm usually I'm working every Thanksgiving. And I think one of my favorite football memories of the last three years, which is sad because I root for the Bears, was the Bears beating the Packers on Brett Favre night on Thanksgiving. Um, so I'm excited. I think everyone else is probably excited because it will be a battle for third place in the NFC North. Um, the only downside I have is that it's at 1230 Eastern, which is 930 for me in the morning. And that's way too early for me to justify drinking. Well, but you said you just said you work every Thanksgiving. So, are you working and drinking every Thanksgiving, or that would be the implication? I, I, I never. Why would I ever do that? You're literally working right now and drinking. I mean, I drink and work all the time. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's why there's so many typos in my in my I, copy. So I'm, I'm usually I'm usually stuck on the late game. So I'm excited that I can probably watch Bears Lions without worrying about work. Um, but as you said, I will not be able to start drinking at 930 and then be able to write coherently for Falcon Saints, which is probably, as Ryan said, the best game of the day. I just also realized that um, assuming that this podcast is still going on a daily basis, I will have to record a podcast after the Thanksgiving night games, <laughs> which, uh, okay, well, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Maybe somebody can fill here's, in for Here's that. what you can do, by the way. You just record uh, three different podcasts before Thanksgiving. And then <laughs> fire them up, uh, tape them together, fire them up, and then you're done. Uh, yeah, what could go wrong? Um, Monday night games, I think that the Monday night is still the even – though, even though we got John Gruden leaving, Sean, he's going to be back in the first week with the Rams at the Raiders for that – obnoxious late game that we'll have some guest announcers filling in. I wonder who the guest announcers will be for for ESPN. I don't know if you could heard that autoplay video. What a surprise that's happening again. Uh Jets at Lions is the the debut Monday night game. I mean I give that a Oof. give that a big fat meh. The uh <laughs> the Rams at Raiders is a pretty good game Baseball potentially. Could be playing by that point. So I mean, you know, we have to wait and see what happens to the draft. God Please let them take Baker Mayfield. Please don't let them take someone else. But I think you well, know. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna start Josh McCown though. That's 
thing. If if that's Baker Mayfield's debut, that's a nice little matchup. Josh McCown's debut, yeah, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sean, how would you? What stood out to you? You wrote a story. You you wrote the post on the Monday night schedule. What stood out to you about Monday night? And do you think that this is a case of Monday night sort of continue? And it, look, we don't even know who the announcer is going to be for Monday night football. Um, is this a, it? It could potentially detract from the uh, the. Uh, the allure of the job. If the games stink, how does this, how does the general Monday night schedule look to you? I think it's pretty bad. I think Thursday night is actually better than Monday. I was just trying to find five games I could pick out above the rest. And you have Rams Raiders. So that's like you said, it's a late game. No one wants to stay up for. I don't even know if it's a good game because the Raiders might stink this year. and The Rams might be really good. It's only interesting because it's John Gruden, but, you know, once that hoopla dies down within the first few minutes, no one's going to care. I think 49ers and Packers could be interesting. That's in week six, just because it's Garoppolo against Rodgers. But at the same time, I kind of feel like everyone's just banking on the 49ers being better than they actually are and going to Green Bay. I could see that being a blowout. Really, the only couple games that look good, ignoring the dumb narratives outside of football, are Chiefs at Rams in Mexico City. And then Saints at Panthers in week 15, you know, you could see that game maybe deciding the NFC South. But besides that, I think it's a lot of stinkers. Yeah. Vikings Seahawks in week 14. I mean, if the Seahawks are bad, that's a disaster. I could see the Seahawks being better than people think. I could see the Redskins being better than people think. I actually look at that week 12 Titans at Texans game and it gets me a, a little excited in a, in a bizarre kind of way that I'll probably regret later. But um, I think the Titans will be better than people think. And if Deshaun Watson is healthy, he's going to be a must-watch guy throughout most of the year. Broncos Raiders in Week 16 on Christmas Eve. Thank God, and I mean that in a very literal sense, thank God there are no Christmas Day games this year. There's only one Christmas Eve game, Broncos at Raiders. Thank God that Jared Dubin will be handling that one for us, uh, <laughs> we, we presume. Ryan – from a Thursday night perspective, and Steelers or Buccaneers might get you excited, maybe Ryan. I don't know. Yeah, this is not a very good schedule. What'd you see on the Thursday night? Thursday night, uh, Thursday night is what do the kids say? Lit. Oh, so listen. Uh, Ravens Bengals. <laughs> Ravens Bengals started off, and that doesn't really set the tone. And then week week three is Jets Browns, which makes you you know it could maybe that game is decent if it's like I said Mayfield plays jo- um, Allen. He won't be out there though. Or Mayfield Darnold. Mayfield Darnold. I mean, people are watching that. But then week four, things get real. It's, it's Vikings at Rams. That's a real game. Colts at Patriots the next week. We don't know where Andrew Luck's going to be, but then it's Eagles Giants. And then, um, Broncos Cardinals isn't bad the week after that, but I think things really get sort of hopping. Uh, you mentioned the Steelers and the Panthers. That's week 10. And then from the rest of the year, I think they're great games. Packers at Seahawks. Yeah. Saints at Cowboys. Jags at Titans. I think Jags and Titans are both going to be really good teams. You mentioned the Titans earlier. And then they end with Chargers and Chiefs. And they're going to be two week. Uh, and then they have uh, two games the following Saturday, which doesn't really count as Thursday, but they are part of the fall under the Thursday night umbrella. But I think those games, the, the final month and a half of the season, blow anything out of the water that Monday Night Football was trying to bring to the table. Not that it's a it's a race, but but I think the, for the first time in a long time, Thursday night, at least late in the season, looks like it's going to be really good. Well, you know what they say in the uh, when you when you talk about who's winning a quarterback race or like a you know, who's how to judge a depth chart, follow the money. And you can follow the money on this Thursday night game. CBS has done the Thursday night games for a long time. Did a great job doing them. Not doing them now. Fox, Fox and Bud Light. It's, it's, it's like 
by the way, can we can we get a for uh, Saints at Cowboys? Can we get that? Can that be sponsored by Bud Heavy instead? Like I don't I don't feel like a Saints Cowboys game should be a Bud Light game. That's a Bud Heavy. Game. Oh, I see. yeah, we won. Yeah, uh, Bud, even Bud Original. That's a good starting. Well, point. that's just Budweiser. It's just Bud Heavy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess the kids don't say Bud Heavy, huh? The but the um, Sean, Bud can we get a check on that Bud Heavy, Sean? Yeah. No, I'm pretending the last thirty seconds just didn't happen. Okay. Cool. Um. Good, good. Really resonating with the millennial audience here. But yeah, look, I mean, Fox paid a, <laughs> Fox paid a buttload of money for all of these games, and as such, in five years. Yeah, as such, they're going to get a bunch of good games, and you see that. I mean, their first game that they are simulcasting with the NFL Network happens, like you said, in Week Four, September twenty seventh. Vikings at Rams. When you look at the schedule, that is the single best game on the entire schedule for the entire week. Like if you're picking one game to watch that week, it's Vikings at Rams. And that says a lot that they would put that on a Thursday night. Colts at Patriots the following week, you know, perhaps might not be a necessarily close game in in Vegas. But if Andrew Luck is playing, there's going to be plenty of intrigue there. Eagles at Giants is a marquee NFC East game. Um, and I could Dolphins, Texans, whatever. Uh, but look, I mean, these, these are a lot of good games that Fox has gotten on Thursday night. And I think there's a, I, you almost wonder if there's a shift to like, get, could we get, could we see Monday night football go away and Thursday night football stick around, Sean? If you're asking me if I think Monday night football will go away, no, but I think there's a chance that after this year, Monday night football can become the next, you know, running joke of, what football game do we have to watch today? Hmm. But come on, it's not going away. I wonder if Ryan, Ryan, do you think that this is a opportunity for the league to like get, like get out of the ESPN business and go give Monday night football to somebody like Amazon or Facebook? They're in the making money business. So that's the bottom line. I mean, you know, uh, in years past this time of year, two years ago, it was Twitter. Last year was Amazon. They'd already had their streaming rights deal settled with the NFL. The NFL hasn't, Decided who will stream the games this year. Uh, Twitter and Amazon, I think, stream 10 and 11 games each for Thursday night. So uh, I don't know. I have no inside information, but I've had to guess as to why they haven't decided who will stream stream the games uh, in 2018. It's because of money. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing it's not because uh, organizations are lowballing them. I'm guessing the likes of Yahoo and Amazon and Facebook and, and Google and whomever are willing to pony up a lot of money. And at the end of the day, I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, and don't forget, I mean, this schedule looks fantastic now, but uh, in the middle of October, these could be a bunch of crappy teams, and, and we're wondering how um, the, the ratings are going to be on Thursday night when a bunch of teams that, are, that have three or four wins are facing off against each other. No, that happens a lot. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers is like, ooh, well, isn't it great that you have uh, all these Packers games, and then all of a sudden it's Brett Hundley getting fed in your face over and over and over again, and that's a nightmare. You know, like week week nine, Packers at Patriots is clearly a good game right up until Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone and Tom Brady refuses to play in 2018, and Rob Gronkowski sitting on the sideline, and you're watching Brett Hundley against Brian Hoyer, and you're wondering why do you why do I do this? Why what is what is the whole point? of life and this is a very dark podcast for me. I don't know I don't know why that's happening. I've been I've been here for forty eight hours without my, my my wife's in Jamaica on a girls trip for some insane reason. I'm so what she told you it was? Yeah, sure. Whatever. She maybe wow. Yeah. Hey, you saw the pictures on Facebook. That's why you're you're in a dark mood. Don't worry about it though. <laughs> um 
I, I'm not, but where, where else, what would be worse than Jamaica? <laughs> she's like, oh my God, this place, they have a, they have a driver and a chef at this. She's on a bachelorette party. It's insane. No, no, no. I, my point is not where she is. It's who she's with, but I don't want to say anymore. She's with like 10 girls. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I, Better not fine. I got it. I got it, Ryan. Don't are worry. you, I mean, I, it seems like a very aggressive thing to, to insinuate <laughs> about what my wife is doing over the weekend, Ryan. Jesus. Um, international games. I gotta say, I'm kind of, uh, what, are, what are the, did the kids say hyped, Sean? Did the kids say hyped? We, we once in a while will say hyped. How do you say you're excited for something? Well, I, I'm like the oldest 25 year old you'll meet. I'll just say I'm excited, but you know, my friends might say they're stoked. Uh, they're, um. Do they say, uh, do you know what? Right, here, let me see. Let me give a hand. Let me see if I can do this. I think that the international games this year, Sean, look like the bomb.com. Now, they look like they, they could be lit. I think Ryan was on it earlier. I think the game could be lit this year. Uh, here's, here's the, here's the rundown. And you will get to watch at least two of these at 6.30 a.m. your time. Perhaps if you're visiting your folks in, uh, Hawaii, 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 how do you pronounce Hawaii? Hawaii. Yeah, what time was that? Like 2.30 in the morning? Yeah, <laughs> it's like 3.30, right? I, yeah, it's gotta be insanely early. Yeah. It's gotta um, be nighttime there. Seahawks at Raiders, 10 for October 14th, 1 p.m. Eastern on Fox, uh, located at the Tottenham Hotspur, whatever the Tottenham Stadium is, is named. That's a pretty good game. I mean, look, both of those teams Tot- could. Tottenham, by the way. Tottenham. Say Tottenham? Okay. Thank you. Scott Tottenham. Tottenham. Forgot I was on a podcast with a bunch of soccer nerds. Um, I like that. I like that game. It's, uh, it's got the potential to be a stinker if both those teams regress badly, but it's, you know, two pretty big, Fan bases in a you know a good spot on a one p.m. game. Titans at Chargers, two of my favorite teams in the AFC at Wembley Stadium on ten twenty one. That's October twenty first at nine thirty a.m. That's a CBS game. It's probably the best game on this list. Eagles at Jaguars is a really good international game. That's October twenty eighth. That's gonna be on the NFL Network. And then in Mexico at El Estadio Azteca, Chiefs. At Rams, that's a Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff special. Those are pretty good international games, right, Ryan? I think they're the best crop of games we've had internationally, maybe ever. I mean, you think the Titans Chargers is better than the Eagles-Jags? I feel like that Eagles-Jags game, no, which is... Uh, I'm just saying that because it's on CBS. Oh, okay, gotcha. No, it makes sense. Uh, Eagles-Jags, yeah, that's going to be an, an NFC game. Either way, I think that's the best game that we've seen from those guys. Is that me? Hold on. <laughs> what was that? What on earth was that? <laughs> did you lose Ryan? Did Ryan? I don't know. Ryan, did you just hang up? <laughs> yeah, no. Like the autoplay video. I should look at the, the games. And the, the, uh, Let me tell you about the NFC. <laughs> the baseline just. Uh, I'm leaving that in. Right? I'm leaving that in. <laughs> I stepped into the club. I, I'm out. I had to grab somebody. We're good. Uh, but I was going to say, oh my God, I need to recover. I need a drink. Uh, yeah, let's take it easy on the autoplay guys. I, I'm all for making money, but I, I can't think straight when you're blasted into my earballs. Uh, but my point, I, I think that Jags, um, Eagles game is the best game they've ever had. And I said the beginning of the podcast they've ever had overseas, at least on paper after a string of sort of crappy, it felt like bad Jags teams versus bad Lions teams get togethers every year. And, um, yeah, I think that's a big deal. I think that's what the NFL wanted to portray 
in England the whole time. They can never get the right sort of mix of, of teams over there to face off against each other. Maybe this is the year they finally did it. Sean, when let me let me run this by you. If you're Patrick Mahomes and you're the Chiefs' new starting quarterback, and you're how are you feeling when you look at the schedule and you open up at Chargers, at Steelers, 49ers at home, at Broncos, Jaguars at home, at Patriots? Well, a rational human being would be terrified. But I think we've seen Patrick at home, especially in week 17 when he's throwing balls and the triple coverage and completing them, that he's probably not terrified like the rest of us would be. I think it's a horrible stretch for him to start, though. And I think when you look at the Chiefs, the, their ceiling is certainly higher with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback rather than Alex Smith. But you look at their floor, and it's a lot lower. And I think, I think, I think we're going to see them get off to a bad start just looking at their schedule. Um, you just said it. I need to pull it up. But I think week two, they're in Pittsburgh. Yep. I mean, that's probably a loss. They are also in L.A. week one. I mean, that's two road games to start your career against two playoff teams, probably one of which will be your Super Bowl team. Um, I, that's just a horrible way to start a career. And I know he played well in week 17, but he was up against the Broncos scrubs, um, I believe, in Kansas City. So I don't think we should count any of his previous work. I think the Chiefs could be off to a rough start, but I think what we might see is later in the year they could get going. I think it was like three or four years ago they started one and five and then went on that 10-game win streak to make the playoffs. I think something like that could happen again just because their quarterback, once he gets more acclimated under center, you could see him take off. Ryan, I assume that you've taken a deep dive. We're sort of, and we're just going to bop around and hit some various teams here. Um, I assume that you have looked at in length and depth. The uh, Steelers' schedule, we mentioned they get the Chiefs in Week 2. They're fortunate in that they open up against the Browns, the Brown, the behemoth Browns offense in Week 1. Week 3 is at the Buccaneers. Hmm. This might be 3-0. and uh, Ravens at home, 4-0. and Falcons at home, 5-0. and At Bengals, 6-0 and before the bye. Is there any yeah. chance that the Steelers are going to run the table? Because they, they – yeah, 100%. No, of course not. I mean, we said it last year in week two, week three, week two, week three with Chicago, and then lost to the Bears. Oh, yeah. That was also the same week that everyone started taking a knee. And uh, Villanueva, you know, there was a discrepancy about him going out before the rest of his team or hanging back in the locker room to stand for the national anthem. And apparently that had something to do with getting whooped up on by your boy Mike Lennon. So, yeah, anything can happen. And, I mean, I think the schedule actually is pretty tough. It's a first-place schedule, obviously. They, they um, won the division, went to the um, divisional game where they got smoked by the Jaguars, a team they have to face again along with the Patriots. I think it's sort of funny that the Patriots are coming. Uh, yeah, they're coming back to Pittsburgh in Week 15, which is where the Jesse James massacre happened. Oh, yeah. Just, in Week 15, I think, right? Yeah, that's right, where they where they were robbed of not only <laughs> to have home field advantage throughout, but uh, they would have had to face the Titans in that first division round, and um, I'm not saying that because I'm still bitter. And look, they end with uh, the Saints and then the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals That's can't be That's a horrible schedule. The, horrible, the, tough or horrible easy? It's hard. I mean, look at the yeah, no, post-buy schedule is, is terrible. you got Carolina, Jacksonville, um, L.A., almost at San Diego there, New England, yeah. and the Saints. And, and the Bengals always play them tough, and so do the Ravens. That's I, a tough I, schedule. I think from week I, from week nine to week sixteen, and look, they played the Bengals pretty well, so I'm not going to sweat that one or the Browns. 
Right, but week nine to week sixteen is at Ravens, Panthers at home on a Sunday. Oh, that's on a Thursday night. Excuse me. At yep. Jaguars, at Broncos, Chargers at home, at Raiders, Patriots at home, at Saints. They really, I mean, I was joking about the, the, the six and O thing. They need to get out to a four and two at worst start in order to, um, be in that 12 to 13 range for, for wins because those back to back games against the Jaguars and the Broncos, I mean, that's rough, especially on a, a Sunday night spot. And then, you know, you're playing in, in Denver the week after that. And then, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough schedule. The good news for them is that the rest of the division kind of stinks. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say one thing. I mean, if in a six, it wouldn't necessarily shock me, especially as Sean pointing out down the stretch after the bye. But I will say that uh, week 14 game in Oakland, uh, I predict the Steelers will win 48 to nothing just because I think John Gruden's going to win three games next year. <laughs> uh, to hear. The Rams, you mentioned them, um, Sean, they have the Chiefs in week 11 in El Estadio Azteca. But I'm telling you what, when you, and I, I tweeted this out, but I didn't even include the full thing. If you go and look at the Rams schedule from week four to week 15, so they get the Vikings in week four at home. The Vikings are going to be good regardless of the offense because that defense is tough. And then for three straight weeks, they go at Seahawks, at Broncos, at 49ers. They get done with that, and they get to welcome in Aaron, presumably Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Then the week after that, they have to go at Saints. Then they go Seahawks and Chiefs at home before their bye week. Then they come out of the bye and go at Lions, at Bears, and then they get to come back home and play the Eagles on a on a Sunday night game. That is a crippling stretch for a team that I think a lot of people will pick to win the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, if they're good, it won't matter, and they'll win enough of those games. Um, but I don't know. It sounds like you're kind of saying that you're expecting the Rams not to live up to the hype that everyone is giving them. And maybe the 49ers have a chance. I haven't looked at their schedule, but to sneak in there with nine or 10 wins, because you're right. That schedule is brutal. I mean, the only games I'm looking at post, I mean, even if you've mentioned after week four, um, people are sleep on the Cardinals a little bit. I mean, you yeah. obviously don't sleep on the Cardinals, but I think we won eight games last year without Carson Palmer, without David Johnson. I don't think they're going to be this easy team that you can beat up on. And then in week three, you have the Chargers. So I don't, you look at the Rams schedule, you know, everyone looks at their schedule and says oh, our schedule is tough. They have an insanely tough schedule. Um, and you know, all it takes is one injury for things to go wrong and for things to pile up. I think, you know, the Rams have that chance to be that team that we anoint in the offseason as the champion. Um, and things could go south really quickly with that schedule. The Eagles are the actual champions, Ryan, uh, coming into 2018. And I think they're sort of similar to the, to the Steelers in that you look at this first part of the schedule and they get the Falcons at home and that, that season opener at Buccaneers, Colts at home, and then at Titans. And you would like to have some sort of three and one, four and oh situation there, I think, because then it goes Vikings at Giants, Panthers at Jaguars into your bye, and then Cowboys at Saints, Giants, Redskins. I mean, the, the gist of this is not that the Eagles have a really difficult random schedule down the stretch, but they do have a lot of those division games, which can be difficult, especially if the Cowboys are, are playing up to snuff on offense, if the Redskins are as good as people think, and if the Giants bounce back. And then of course they close it. They have the Rams in, in middle, in the middle of December, like close to the same time that Carson Wentz tore his ACL last year, uh, the Texans late and then at the Redskins to close out. If you, if you, if you look at the Eagles, what, what percent chance do, you know, what, what do you, what odds do you give them on repeating in that division as, as uh, division 
title or division champions. All right, before I get to the, the Eagles, I want to go back real quickly uh, quickly to the Rams and point out something that our buddy Brian McCarthy, the NFL head PR guy, tweeted out earlier today when he said that uh, of the 18 sched, schedule, only uh, three teams have three road uh, road game trips, three game road trips in a row. And as you pointed out, one of those teams is the Rams. Uh, that's the first thing, so they have to do that. And the, uh, our buddy John Breach every off season. Uh, plots the uh, the travel miles for each team based on their s- travel schedule. Last year, everyone was on the Raiders bandwagon, and they ended up being the uh, number one in terms of travel. They traveled like over 30,000 miles, and they absolutely submarined. So I think there's something to the idea that maybe the Rams aren't who we think they're going to be, mm-hmm. and a lot of that will have to do with the travel schedule coming from the West Coast. So that's something to w- watch out for. I think moving to the Eagles, uh, two things. Uh, Nick Foles went absolutely bonkers in the playoffs. So there's that they can sort of lean on and uh, hope that, that he can sort of uh, relive those moments in the first few weeks if part two, uh, Carson Wentz isn't ready to go. And I think he'll be he'll be able to play if he wants to play in week one, but the ACL injury will limit him from being sort of the RPO guy we saw until he got hurt. And uh, if that's the case, uh, and, and we talk about this every week, it seems, seems like if that's the case, and also he's not sort of mentally over the hurdle of going out there and taking hits, would it be better to have Nick Foles out there for the first two or three or four weeks? Mm. That's a good question. And I think the answer could be potentially yes. Maybe you don't want to let your franchise quarterback get blasted. Conversely, what about this schedule when you look at the Browns? Because the Browns, I don't know if you guys know this, the um, the Browns the Browns didn't win a game last year, did they? Uh, no, they're one in thirty-one in Hugh Jackson in the Hugh Jackson era. It would be impressive if they didn't win a game next year, but maybe it wouldn't be that impressive. They open up with the Steelers at home, then they get they're at the Saints, Jets at home in Week Three, and we we talked about that as a a, a Thursday night game, so. TBD on who the quarterbacks are in that at the Raiders. Then they get the Ravens, Chargers at Buccaneers, at Steelers, Chiefs and Falcons at home. Then they get their bye. And then they have four of their six games after their bye on the road with their only home games being the Panthers and the Bengals. So they only have one divisional home game after the bye. And, and the other home team is the Panthers. That is a, that is a hard, like, let's say they play Tyrod Taylor through week 10. If you, you don't want to have to trot your, rookie quarterback out for four road games after your bye in in November and December. That is brutal. Right, Sean? <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean, looking at the schedule, the, the thing with the Browns is you could schedule any 31 teams against them and every single one, you're going to say, oh, it's a tough schedule for the Browns, right? Um, True. But I think you look at it, I think there's some winnable games. I think they, they can beat the Jets. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of it, like you said, depends on who's playing quarterback for them. I also think I think I think the Raiders are going to be terrible, and I think they can beat the Raiders in Oakland. I think that's that's fine. Um, but wait, wait, wait! Did you just is, did you just predict that the Browns are going to beat the Raiders in Oakland? I can I see that. Predicted. I, I I said that I think it's winnable. I don't. The first two games aren't winnable against Pittsburgh and New Orleans, but a stretch against the Jets, the Raiders, the Ravens, they can win one of those three games. And like like I was saying, every team against the Browns is going to be favored. Um, but all of those teams are inconsistent enough. They'll, you know, it's, it's football. It's one game. It's not a seven-game series. All it takes is one bad game um, to get upset. And a lot of it will depend on who's playing quarterback for those teams. Um, 
but I, I mean, I don't know. I thought the, I almost put the Browns in third place in my predictions last year. Obviously, that was way off base, and maybe I'm just higher on the Browns than most people. But I don't think they're going winless again. And I, I think there's a couple wins on the schedule because I don't think teams like the Bengals, who they're going to play twice, obviously the Ravens. I don't think they're any good. I don't think the Broncos are any good either, which is who they'll see at the end um, in mid-December. Uh, I just want to say quickly, I, I googled. Uh... The Browns schedule, as Sean was talking, and uh, the Busted Covers tweet came up with the Browns schedule. And this is the tweet in its entirety, which made me laugh. Uh, seven L's in a row. Bye week for Sam Darnold to rethink his life. <laughs> seven more L's in a row. OT lost to the Bengals. L. <laughs> and, and I feel like there's some truth to that. But I will just say this in the Browns defense. They almost, they didn't almost, but they, they had a close game with the Steelers last year in week one with Deshaun Kaiser. So I think Tyrod Taylor is an upgrade. If they draft uh, Chubb at number four, say, that gives that, that defensive line, uh, uh, they're much better And in addition to all the other guys they drafted uh, last year. Njoku and uh, Jabril Peppers and all those guys that have burned their roles. So they have a chance to, to win, you know, if they win six games, if they hit on the quarterback and get Chubb and win six games, that's like winning the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to – I don't think – they're not going to win 16 I have to feel like they're going to win at least three games. I would. I what would, would you guys? Go ahead. What would you guys set the over under for Browns wins? If if because they're starting Tyrod, and I'm saying they're going to beat the Jets or Raiders have a chance. I'm assuming that Tyrod's playing and not one yeah. half is yeah. not one of the one not a terrible rookie quarterback. It'll be five. Yeah, yeah. If if Tyrod's the starter going into Week One, it'll either be four and a half or five and a half, and I kind of love the over. And I'm a. I yeah, don't, I, I don't, think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, I yeah I, I I wouldn't bet on it, but but I think you can make a case. Well, me, but it got on a limp there, Sean. Me betting on it doesn't mean that it's good or bad. I mean, it might be terrible. Although I've been pretty good about my over unders. All right, by the way, hey, your Bears have a uh, a week five bye, Sean, and they have two road. The, good lord, this is a, at Packers, Seahawks, at Cardinals. Buccaneers into buy into a party, a four week party with the AFC East and then a bunch of division games down the stretch, including two games on the road at the end at San Francisco at Minnesota. How good are you feeling about the Bears next year? Well, you guys know I tend to look at things a bit more optimistically than most. Really? Um, unbiased. Well, I think, I think so. I, I think I'm higher on Trubisky than most people. That's um, true. I like your biscuit, so, but you're, you're unreasonably high on Jay Cutler. You are high as, as well. We can have our – when Jay Cutler officially announces his retirement part two, we can have a whole pot on Jay happy, Cutler. Happy, happy, yeah, happy 420. You're high on Jay Cutler. By the way, I just found out that Sean will be introducing Jay Cutler at his Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> at his Vanderbilt Hall of Fame induction. He, he's, um, he's probably in the Vanderbilt Hall of Fame, right? I actually think he is. You're right. Yeah, there's one person um, that but going back, Earl Bennett's actually probably in there who used to actually play for the Bears too. I think he was the like SEC's all time leader in touchdown catches. I don't know why I know that. But anyways, looking at the Bears schedule, I tried to go through it right when it leaked. And I thought I was the Bears optimist, and maybe you guys think this is optimistic, but I was looking at it and I'm thinking like their max win is like eight. I just don't see a way that they win more than eight games. And I think the ceiling is somewhere around five or six. And I think it might be a misleading thing where they maybe win only one more game than they won last year, and they'll probably look a lot more competent without John Fox coaching there. Um, and so that will be seen as an improvement. But you look at the schedule, 
that's just a brutal way from that um, Nagy to start before the bye week. Two primetime games where they'll probably lose to both of them, probably get embarrassed week one. Um, I think it's brutal. Um, thankfully, they don't have any primetime games after week two besides the Thanksgiving game, which um, no one's going to be paying that much attention to. Um, but, no, I think it's a brutal schedule. Um, eight it's games? funny because They can win eight games. I, I, start, start, I, I see think four that's, games. That's their, I think that's their ceiling. I said that's their ceiling. I don't think they're winning more than eight games. I think if everything goes right, they stay healthy, they have some luck in close games, I think they're winning eight games, and that would be a tremendous success. But I I, I was looking at the schedule thing, man, is there a way I can see them getting nine or ten wins and sneaking in um, to the playoffs? I just can't do it. I just don't think there's any possible way that happens. Okay, they could start two and two before uh, the bye. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I, I, I agree with that. I have them at two and two at the bye. They're okay. in the Bucks and they can beat the, the Dolphins, okay. I I think look I think they could, I could see them getting blasted by the Packers and being like three or four point home underdogs to the Seahawks and then just outright winning lose at the Cardinals and then beat the Bucks you're two and two into the bye then you beat the Dolphins obviously lose the Patriots beat the Jets and Bills and then all of a sudden you're five and three and people are starting some chatter. You get you, you split with the Lions and you're six and four, and then you just collapse down the stretch. Maybe you beat the Giants at seven. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, those if, are way win. I mean, those, okay, maybe. But, well, we're yeah, talking about lot, ceiling. We're not talking about you know guarantees or anything. Yeah, I appreciate Sean's honesty. I, I think he's right. Okay. Well, that has to go right for eight or nine. Is minutes. there anyone else uh, that we should discuss team wise that we didn't discuss yet? As I stare at my clock and realize. By the way, the Patriots, week 11 by one, two, three, four, five home games before a week 11 by the, pa- the Patriots are winning 12 games again. The Patriots are winning 12 games with, um, Martella, with, with the third Bennett brother and Brian Hoyer. Well, do, we don't know if, if Tom Brady's coming back or if Gronk's going to be traded. <laughs> they're, they're going to win 12 games. Week two, the way, the, week two of the Jaguars, tough. I just want to say this on the record uh, again. I'm going to say it every week. It, there's no way that the, the uh, Patriots are trading up for a quarterback after they had Jimmy GQ and gave him away for a second-round pick. That would That's the epitome of stupidity if you're, quote-unquote, the genius Bill Belichick. I, uh, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, we can, we're we sort of running out of time here, but um, I was going to say we can talk about that mock draft trade by the Patriots and Browns that we did on our mock draft on CBS Sports HQ, which you should be checking out, but we won't do that. We'll actually just come back and do more schedule analysis later in the week because we're already at eh, 37 minutes. I think that's good enough, right? Anybody else we need to talk about? Am I missing anything? Should we talk about the Redskins schedule to appease uh, our, our corporate overlords? Next yes. time. Yes, we should. <laughs> Next time. Let's do it. All right, we'll talk about it real quick. At Cardinals, oh no, a week four bye. At Cardinals, Colts at home and Packers at home before a week four bye. Two and one is doable for the Redskins and Alex Smith. Then at the Saints, Panthers, Cowboys, at Giants, Falcons, at Buccaneers. I kind of like this schedule, except for the fact. So this is tough for the NFC, uh, NFC East. They all have to play the AFC South. And the NFC South. And I get that the AFC South traditionally has been kind of a cakewalk, but the Jaguars are going to be a really tough defensive matchup. If JJ Watt and Whitney Merciless are healthy and Deshaun Watson's back and, and the Honey Badger plays, the Texans are a problem. The Colts are, 
I mean, if the Colts is the easiest game on your schedule, congrats, unless Andrew Luck is healthy and then, then you're in trouble. And then I think every game against an NFC South opponent is going to be difficult this year. I could see the NFC East sort of struggling. I see seven wins here, and that's, you know, Sean Bears' best case. Is that yours? Okay. Are you sure their floor is not I, higher I don't... with Alex Smith? I think their floor is higher than most teams because they have a quarterback who obviously has won a lot of games. He's competent. He's fine. He's going to be, you know, you know what you're getting with Alex Smith. I think the problem is that I think their ceiling has kind of went down a bit. Um, and you're talking about the schedule. You know, it's not easy. Um, the funny thing is, I think they could be the second best team in the NFC East, mm. but I don't know how much that means when the best team is the Eagles. They're, they're, they have four out of six games on the road, including at Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And then they at least get a long break until they play the Eagles on Monday night the next week, but it's on the road. So back-to-back games in the division on the road with one being on a holiday coming off a short week. That's tough. Um, and then you get the Giants at home the following six days later. Then it's at Jaguars, at Titans, and you close with the Eagles at home. That is – I mean, they – I don't know that they're going to win more than two of those games. And so best case, you go three and three down the stretch, which means that you have to be in, in a position where you have six to seven wins going into week 12. That's a, that's a tough spot for the Redskins and uh, they might be banged on that one. So there's your Redskins schedule analysis. We're over 40 minutes. I've screwed up. That's fine. Uh, Sean Wagner, McGuff at, uh, I forgot your Twitter handle. What's your Twitter handle? Sean J. Wagner. Are you insulted that I forgot that? A little bit. Okay. And at Ryan Wilson underscore 07. You can follow the podcast at Pick 6 Pod. You can follow me at Will Brinson. Subscribe, rate, and review. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Sorry for running long. Hope you got stuck in traffic so it didn't mess you up. Have a great weekend. We'll be back tomorrow with a seven-round mock breakdown with R.J. White.